I want you. Amen. I want you. How many of y'all believe that God has got an army today? Y'all need to believe that. This is a real deal. Uh, we are, this is recruitment Sunday. I'm here as a military recruiter. I have sacrificed my hair for y'all. Say amen. My wife has thought I lost my mind. She said, what are you doing? I said, it's all in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Timothy chapter number 2. And we're going to read just a couple verses this morning. Man, I'm glad you're here today. I know it's hot, and it's probably hot in here. And I'm hot because I'm nervous, but I know it may be hot in here. But thank God it's not near as hot in here as it is out there. Amen? When you get hot, this makes, that just makes you want to thank God you're not going to hell. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Second Timothy chapter number 2. And we'll be, I guess I ought to turn there, shouldn't I? Amen. All right. How many of y'all have already had a good time in God's house today? The Bible says, and that was a good song, Kendrick. Y'all did a great job. Uh, I know that was probably most you, but it was, yeah, it was all, okay, all right. I know Miss Kathy and Karen didn't have much to do with that, but it, amen. Amen. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1, if you're there, say amen. The Bible says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. What's he saying? You need to recruit some people to help you do this. Commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness. Say that with me. Endure as a good, what? Soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a... He hath chosen him to be a... The day that you get saved, the day that... Listen, you trust in the Lord as your personal Savior. You just signed up for the greatest army ever known to man. God is choosing you to be a soldier. God is choosing you to endure hardness. God is choosing you to learn to sacrifice, maybe even suffer for His name's sake. But I'm telling you what, it, be, it will be well worth it all. Amen. Say amen. amen. Dear Heavenly Father, touch us now today. Lord, I pray that you'll help me. Lord, speak to us today. This is so important. The devil has tried so hard to fight it and keep this from happening. But I know that you're perfect, and I know that you can make this happen. Lord, speak to my heart. Speak to my mind. Let me remember everything I need to remember. And, Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I told my barber Thursday morning, I said, Duke, and he only charges $3 too. Isn't that great? Say Amen. You say, I know why now. Amen. All right. Listen, I said, I need a military haircut. He said, preacher, are you sure? I said, yes, sir, I'm sure. I, I'm preaching on recruiting Sunday morning, and I need to look like a military recruiter. He said, preacher, then people know where I live. Amen. I said, I don't care. I need it. He said, preacher, are you? He asked me four times, preacher, are you sure? about?" I said, cut it off. Amen. And, 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 and I had in my mind and in my heart, I knew what God was doing this week and, and what God wanted me to do. And so I want y'all to bear with me just a few moments this morning as I share my heart with you and share what I believe God is leading us to do in this place. I want you to know God wants every one of you. Every one of you. I signed up for detail. I signed up in the year of 1991 at the tender age of 17. And I have not looked back since. It's been the greatest experience of my life. 
I've been deployed in South Florida. I've been deployed in South Carolina. I've been deployed in Central Georgia. And now my current deployment is in the great state of Alabama. Church, say roll tide. Amen. I thank God for what he's allowed me to do. I do not regret it. I do not begrudge it. I thank God this is exciting. I love doing what I get to do. But you know what? I was not drafted. I signed up. God is a perfect gentleman. He only takes volunteers. God will never make you do anything you don't want to do. But I guarantee you this. He'll let you see you'll be able to do things possible you never thought possible. I'm here today authorized and commissioned by our commander-in-chief. He is the captain of the host of the Lord. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. If you think he's worthy of your service, let me tell you something. His service is impeccable. His sacrifice is immeasurable. His sovereignty, listen, is irresistible. We have a great, a great chief shepherd. And one day when he shall appear, we shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Listen. I'm here to tell you, I know your parents may have told you you were a mistake, but Jesus said, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. I have a plan for thee. I have a destiny for you. Listen, Jesus told me to tell you, he's not looking for the few and the proud. He's not looking for a few good men. He's looking for the broke down and hungry. He's looking for those that have nothing but failures in their life. He's not looking for perfect people. He's not looking for good people. He's looking for people that are willing to be used by his glory and might that's who he's looking for that's who he's wanting the first people he recruited down here on earth they were nothing but a bunch of failures they had fished all night long and caught nothing he said cast out into the deep and they said we fished all night and caught nothing they were not successful at what they were doing they were a bunch of failures yet God said follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men you don't have to be perfect you don't have to have a great intellect you don't have to have a great education God will take you just like you are but hallelujah he won't leave you that way I want you I want you. Jesus is looking at every one of you. I want you. I want you to sign up. I want you to get involved. This is a, an, important, an important day in this, in this history of our church. It is very important that you understand that God desires you. He loves you with an everlasting love. I don't care what your friends said. I don't care what your family said. Jesus loves you. There's nothing you can do to make him to stop loving you. He wants you. I want you. I need you. This church needs you. We've got a, 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 listen, a world that's dying and going to hell. And I'm here to tell you. I'm just going to tell you straight. I'm here to recruit you today. I'm here for you to sign up today and get involved in the army of the Lord. Preacher, why should I get, why should I sign up? Why should, why should I allow you to recruit me today? Well, I, I knew you'd probably ask that question. So God gave me a few reasons that you need to sign up few reasons you say what do you mean sign up if you're not saved you need to get saved and if you're saved and you're not serving you need to get serving that's what I'm talking about why should I do that preacher number one if you're taking notes I want you to write this down Paul told Timothy that which thou hast heard of me or learned of me commit thou that word means to place alongside to in other words I am to impart what God has given me, what I have learned, what men of God has shared with me, and put it into Brother Bo. And Brother Bo is to stand alongside. He is to do what I am doing, to be what I am. He is to stand. What am I doing? I'm recruiting him in the army of the Lord. 
Why? There are great reasons. Listen, there are important reasons why we need to do this on a constant daily basis. Why we need more and more and more people to sign up and get involved in this war. Number one, there is a battle that is raging. There is a battle that is raging. The Bible says very clearly, it says be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion roaming about seeking whom he may devour. What's that mean? The word adversary means enemy, somebody on the opposite side. Do you realize you have chosen sides today? If you are here today and you're saved, you have chosen a side. This is not a neutral place. We cannot, there's no Switzerland in the, that's in the army of God. There's no neutral place. Either you're for him or you're against him. You chose sides. And I'm telling you, the devil is not on my side. The devil is not on your side. He is an adversary. He is an arch enemy. He is out for blood. He plays for Keith. There's no playtime in this war. There is a battle that's raging. A battle that's raging. Preacher, what are, where is the battle raging at? There's a battle raging for the souls of men. There is a battle raging for the souls of men. The devil wants to do everything he can to drag every single human being to the pits of hell where he's headed. He hates you. He hates me. One of the reasons he hates you is because you took his place. He received all the glory before he stood before the presence of God and reflected the glory of God. But because of his beauty and his pride, he was cast out of heaven. And guess who took his place? Hallelujah, Everest child of God and saint of God. Now we get to stand before him and praise him and glorify him and magnify him and sing I'm redeemed by love, divine glory, glory, Christ is mine. All to him I now resign. I am redeemed. I can sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And what does that do? It magnifies our Lord. We stand and glorify him. And because we took the devil's place, he hates your guts. He's after your soul after your soul this is real this is real there is a real sure enough battle between good and evil for the souls of men as hard as we fight to reach them he fights to keep them have you ever noticed every time you tried to witness to a friend or invite him to church that listen the devil will give them 50 excuses why they don't need to come to church with you you know why because you're in a fight you're in a fight now listen, if you, if you see somebody ganging up on your buddies and you don't do something to help them, you're a sorry friend. You say, well, that's just, I, I can't do nothing about that. Oh, yes, you can. Get involved. Get involved. You say, I might get a bloody nose. It's worth it. If you rescue your buddy, you do what it takes. You don't quit the first time. You don't give up the first time because you're in a battle. You're in a fight. You're not going to give up. Say amen. We're in a battle for the souls of men. How many of y'all can see that? Everything you see on TV, everything you see in this secular world, Satan's doing everything he can to pull souls into hell. The battle is raging for the souls of men. The battle is raging, write this down, for the success and stability of marriages. The devil's doing everything he can to try to destroy marriages. Man, I've been in counseling all week with, with people in marriages and they're not going real good, let me just tell you. They're not going real good. Why is this happening? The Bible says that on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, we have a real, real wise enemy. He knows if he takes a tornado and blows this building down, bless God, we'll rise up and build us another one. That kind of tragedy will just do nothing but draw us together. 
But he realizes the art of war, that in, uh, in order to conquer, you must divide. And if he can divide people, he can conquer, conquer and divide. Uh, listen, a house that is divided against itself cannot stand. And he knows that the fabric and the form of the church is the home and the family. And the devil's going to do everything he can to destroy the fabric of our country. And that is every single family. He's tearing it down by starting uh, uh, same-sex marriages, shacking up and making it all right. Divorce is running rampant. What is that destroying? It's destroying the foundation of the home. And if the homes are destroyed, the church will be next. This is real. We're in a battle. I'm telling you, I just came from the front lines. I know what I'm talking about. I'm in the front lines every week, elbow deep in blood and guts with families that are being torn apart. The devil is raging in the homes today. Husbands and wives are standing there bleeding all over, not knowing what in the world has happened. And listen, it's real. It's real. Listen, we have this stuff for marriages. Oh, but ain't nothing wrong with my marriage. Not yet. If we have stuff, you ought to get involved in it. If there's any way you can schedule your time to watch the videos or go through the classes, nobody has a perfect marriage. And if you say you do, you're lying through your teeth. You know why? Because it's made of two imperfect people. If one of you was perfect, the other one would be unnecessary. Say amen. God designed this thing so we'd need each other. Say amen. Home. Home. Some people get upset at me because I won't just marry them and, and, and just, just, let's just. But you know what I told them? I said, I don't want to have to put you together six months down the road. Let's do everything we can to let these young people know this is a lifelong thing. Till death do we part. What happened to that? Oh, well, I don't believe it's all that bad, preacher. Well, let me give you a little statistics from the front line. According to the National Center for Health Statistics, 43% of marriages end in divorce within 15 years. The U.S. Census Bureau has calculated that divorce rate is even higher than that at approximately 50%. Most demographers believe that the divorce rate is somewhere around 40%. The average length of marriage today is eight years. A study by the Centers for Disease Control determined that one in 12 couples divorce within two years of marriage. Within five years of marriage, 20% are divorced. Within 10 years, 33% are divorced. The number of divorced people in the American population is more than quadruple, from 4.3 million in 1970 to 18.3 million in 1996. This is 10 years old. It's even worse today. Richard, what's the problem? There's, a, there's many problems. But one of the biggest problems is this. We're a selfish generation. We're selfish. It's all about me. It's all about mine. It's all about now. We are so impatient. Yes, we are. Y'all might as well say, man, I'm telling the truth. I, was in, I went to the, the, the power company the other day to, to, to help somebody with a power bill, and I sat, they said, just go sit in right there, sir. It was, I think it was 7 o'clock in the morning or whatever the opening time, 7 or 8, and I walked in, and I sat there, and I sat there, and I, it felt like three days I sat in there. I said, I ain't sitting in here. Bless God, there ain't nobody else in here. Why don't they just come help me? And I walked out, and it was four minutes after. I looked at the car. I said, oh. But you know what? That's our nature. 
We do everything in the world to please the other person while we're dating because we're in the conquering mode. We'll buy things, we'll do things, we'll be things, and we'll be everything but what we really are. And then when you say, I do, you find out it's with who? Say amen. You go home and you find out this is not the one that I've been dating for the last... Uh-huh, that's right. That's right. It's not the one you've been dating because in dating we put all the best person forward. But here's the deal. And this was... This was I, 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 I heard this in a conference one time. Uh, in, in the old days. Don't y'all like hearing that? The old days. They would pair people up. The parents would get together and, and, and go find the bride for Johnny. And now here we go, put them together. They have no idea who each other is, but you know what they did? They learned to love one another. I don't know if you know this or not, and this might be a, a, a surprise to you, but young people, when you get married, you don't love that person. You really like them. And it's more of a lust thing than it is a love thing. But if you do what you're supposed to, you will learn to love that person because you will find things out about them that you may not necessarily like or enjoy, but vice versa. But you have signed up a covenant and a commitment and you learn to love them. There's no such thing as a marriage made in heaven. No such thing. I've seen it made somewhere else, but it wasn't heaven. Say amen. But you know what? Every single one of them has potential to be incredible. Every one of them. Depends on whether we want to do what it takes to make that happen. Amen. There's a battle raging for the souls of men. There's a battle raging for the, listen, the, 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 the what I say? The success of marriages. But then there's a battle raging for the strength of ministry. Boy, there's an all-out attack on the ministry today. There's an attack like never before on ministries. Listen, I, I was reading, I was reading some, some statistics, getting ready for this and preparing for this, and I, I, it just blew my mind. 1,400 pastors in America leave the ministry every month. Not year. 1,400 quit. Every single month. Y'all get that? Only 15% of churches in the United States, now this is the scariest one. Only 15% of churches in the United States are growing and just, watch this, this is scary. And just 2.2% of those are growing by conversion growth. In other words, there may be other churches growing, but because they're coming from other churches. What happens? This church has a little spat and a little disagreement, so half of that crowd comes over here to the good church. And then after a little while, they'll get mad there, then they'll go over here, and then they'll, then they'll go over here, and, and preacher, what's, what's, what's happening? I'm telling you what's happening. We're not winning the loss. That's what's happening. We become a generation of church hoppers and shoppers. We're supposed to go reach the lost. We're supposed to go reach the bleeding and the broken. We're not here to shop to see who offers the best uh, deals or who offers the best ministries. We're supposed to be out in the forefront, in the highways and hedges, compelling people to come into the house so the house would be full, letting them know that there is a great God in heaven who can forgive them of all their sin. There is a wonderful place called heaven that you can make it if you just trust in the Lord. There is a God that loves you with all the all that is in him.
He loves you. And churches are designed like country clubs. You can come in and be a part if you can fit our list of club rules. And we design everything we do to pacify church people. When the church people should get on their fatigues and get elbow deep in the mud and do everything they can to go out into the battlefield and pull back the wounded and those that are broken, those that the devil has almost destroyed and let them know you have a place here at Temple Baptist Church. That's right. Listen, 2.2% by conversion growth. I read another one. This is another scary one. This is another scary one. I've got some good stuff, but I just got to tell you the bad stuff first. The vast majority of churches have an attendance of less than 75. There are almost 100 million unchurched Americans. 11 to 20% of them claim to be born again. They have either left the church or never connected for some reason. One out of every four church attendees are considered church hoppers. On average, just 7% of new church attendees are formerly unchurched. 7%. In America, 3,500 to 4,000 churches close their doors every year. Now watch this. Half of all churches, y'all with me? Half of all churches last year did not add one new member through conversion growth. Not one. Preacher, why does that bother you? Because they're being slaughtered. They're dying everywhere around us. And if they die without Christ, they're dying and going to hell. And we're the army of God. We're the soldiers of the Lord. We are the ones that are supposed to be going out and telling them. And if half of all churches in America did not grow by one in conversion growth, now, 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 do you tell me there's not a battle raging for the success of ministry? We're so caught up with ourselves that we can't think about the lost. Churches lose an estimated 2,765,000 people each year to nominalism or secularism. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm here to recruit you today because there's a battle raging. There's a battle raging. I've been counseling with a young preacher today with problems. Problems. Listen, churches call me all the time. Preacher, do you know anybody? Struggling without a pastor. Struggling. Nobody to help them. Nobody to lead them. All the time. Preacher, what do we do? Preacher, what do we do? You know what? All I can do is what many generals have told their people a long time. Just hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Now listen, you're in a great place today. Do you realize how many people are meeting in church today all across America who would give their left pinky? To be able to hear the singing you heard today. They would give their left pinky for anybody to show up, much less somebody in fatigues. There's a battle raging. There's a battle raging right here in Coleman. Drugs and alcohol and everything else has taken a hold. This is the wettest dry county in America. 
And you can believe what you want to. It doesn't really, I'm just telling you, there's a battle raging. There's a battle raging for these young people. Go up and look uptown on Friday and Saturday night. Listen, you know what? We get, I don't know what it is. We get to a certain place and stage in, in, in our, our mentality, and we forget what they go through. We forget that we was the ones running around the parking lots before. Oh, it's okay. Let, do you remember what you did? There's a battle raging. But you know what? I would not be a good recruiter if I just told you that there's a battle going on and I need you to help me in this battle. Any good recruiter, any good recruiter will tell the recruit the benefits of being recruited. You mean there's some benefits? Oh, yeah. There's some good ones. Listen, I'm here to recruit you today because of the battle that's raging. But then number two, I'm here to tell you about the benefits that are real. There are benefits to being in God's army. You say, what benefit? You know, one of the greatest benefits of signing up in the U.S. military is that, that GI Bill where you can go get an education. They'll give you and they'll pay for your college and do all that stuff. Well, do you realize one of the benefits of getting in God's army? You will receive an education that's unbelievable. Preacher, what are you saying? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 4 that God has given us apostles and prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What's that mean? The pastors and teachers and evangelists in this place is here to equip you, to educate you, to develop you, to teach you what God has gifted you for and help you get educated in that area so you can get involved in the service of the Lord. I wrote this, there are benefits, there is an education that's unbelievable. And I use the word unbelievable for this. I am doing something right now. I mean, as I speak right now, I am doing something that when I was 12 and 13 and 14 years old, I never dreamed in a million years I'd be standing before all these people and telling you what I'm telling you now. I knew, listen, I knew there was something different about me. I knew that God was calling me, but I never thought I could do it. I never thought I had the ability to do it. I never thought I'd even dream come close to doing this. But you know what? In God's army, you'll learn to do things you never thought possible. You'll learn to do things you never thought you could be able to do. God wants to use you in an incredible way. God wants to do great and mighty things in your life. God wants to, listen, use you above and beyond what you think you're capable of doing. You'll receive an education. That's unbelievable. We've got software right now. We've got software right now where you can take a, a gifts test to learn what you're passionate about and learn what you're gifted for. Everybody needs to know what God has gifted them for. Everybody needs to know that. Why? Because you need to be involved in the service of the Lord because God has designed you perfectly. I thought I was a mistake. I thought God had made some mistakes with me. But you know what? He designed me just like I am for a divine purpose in my life. God said, you're going to be a preacher of the gospel. You're going to be a pastor of a church. And I'm making you in a certain way. I, sometimes I wish I was more like my cousin or more like my brother or more like this person or that person. No, sir. God, he made me and broke the mold because he wants me to be me and he wants you to be you. And God designed you for a purpose. God has got a purpose and a plan for your life. He has got a destiny for your life. He's just waiting you to step up to go to it. Amen. Listen, we've got that available. You'll receive an education. It's unbelievable. You'll do things you never thought possible. Listen, that's exciting to me. I don't know about you, 
but it is to me. Now, it wasn't exciting when God first recruited me. I said, preacher, I don't even like people. I mean, I was shy, and I still am. I, got to, I, went, I went and preached at a picnic. Uh, help me, Brother Steve. Uh, Friday, last Friday, I guess it was, and somebody lied to me. I thought it was at 6 o'clock. They said, yes, sir, preacher. It, matter of fact, Johnny lied to me. You the one lied to me. <laughs> Listen, 6 o'clock. Yes, sir, preacher, it's at 6 o'clock. So I'm breaking the sound barrier to get there because I thought I was late, you know, and I don't like to get there too soon because I may have to talk to people. Say amen. That's our secret. I wheeled into the parking lot, and I looked on the sign, and it said 6.30. I said, oh, and I looked up, and they done saw me. Usually, if I get there that early, I just keep right on going by. And then I come, I got there, I said, oh, Lord. I only had McKenzie with me. McKenzie said, Daddy, let's go play basketball. I said, let's go, let's go play basketball. And then all of, my, all of uh, Brother Johnny's group got there, Brother, Brother uh, Steve and all of them, and whew, then I walked in with them. You say, oh, you're a preacher. I'm just telling you. I'm doing things I never thought possible. I didn't think I'd be able to do this. And matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, I can't do this by myself. You mean to tell me I could be used of him? Yeah. Isn't it funny, Bo, an old farm boy who grew up on a farm all his life is out there flying an Apache helicopter. Got millions of dollars at his fingertips. Because he received an education that was unbelievable. You'll be able to do things you never thought possible. Not only will you receive an education that's unbelievable, but there will be an excitement that's undeniable. Can y'all tell I dig what I get to do? I mean, where at, where at in America can you go and see a preacher preaching in fatigues unless you're in the military on the field? Say amen. I love this. I, and I'm telling you, and I'm not just saying that. Uh, listen, uh, Mr. McClure and Mr. Bo was in the, in the office a while ago. What was I like, Bo? Was I like a little kid? That's right. I said, come on, help me now. And I was so excited. This is going to be so cool. Serving God. And that wasn't just because today. I like this. It's exciting to me. And let me say this, and God showed me this when I was studying this. If you're not excited about what you're doing, you may be doing the wrong thing. Or you may not have enough training with what you are doing. Because you need to be exciting. This is exciting. This is wonderful. What happened when the disciples came back, when Jesus sent them off for service, and they came back, man, you ain't going to believe this. There was devils. They had to go. We called them out. Man, you could not believe what we got. What? This was cool. Read the Bible. It's in there. That's exactly what they did. You know, we got Christians coming to church. Oh, God. Lord, Jesus, Sunday Bless me if you can. A Klondike bar wouldn't bless you. I've been on a diet. Can you tell? 
Come on, a little help here. I was in the, I was in the, Johnny, you starting something? Now listen, don't start nothing, there won't be nothing, amen? I was in the checkout line at WDG, and, 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 and there was a woman there that had a Klondike bar. I mean, right in front of me. And I don't usually go looking for a Klondike bar, but there was something about that particular one, Brother Kendrick. I wanted it bad. I mean, I don't know what it is, but just, I saw, mmm. I was, whoo, woman, you better get away from me with that Klondike bar. Amen. <laughs> but some of us come to church like, well, we have to do. Man, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. But you know what makes this so exciting? Because I'm in the groove. I'm in what God designed me for. I'm telling you, I love getting to do this. I've got dogs at the house. That, that I got one that's, well, it's not mine. It actually Tammy's, and he's just in his groove. He's excited about just being there. But I've got a dog outside. This this is a coonhound, and he loves getting to do what he gets to do. When he's in his moment doing his thing, he's as happy as anything can be because he's in his groove. We got to find our groove. You need to find out what God has designed you for. So how do you do that? By trying stuff. It's not going to come through metamorphosis. It's not just going to come and absorb through the top of your head. It's not going to happen that way. Listen, you got to get involved. You got to do something. I did this a little while. I did this a little while. I knew God called me for it, but it didn't just slip into place. But I'm telling you, the more I do it, the more exciting it is. The more I do what God's calling me to do, I'm telling you, I can't wait to do it. I was walking around the track. I was walking around the track Saturday morning because Steve shafted me, and he, didn't, he, he wasn't there at the time we were supposed to. Or actually, I was late. But anyhow, I had to work out by myself Saturday. And uh, you'd think he'd just stay with me later on, but he didn't. He abandoned me. And he went on. And I'm walking around the track, and I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say. I'm thinking about stepping out here in these fatigues and telling people I'm authorized by our commander-in-chief. And I'm, I'm thinking about this, and I'm watching people looking at me, and I got tears dripping off my face. And I'm telling you more, and I called everybody I could because God was giving me points, and I had to call my mama at the pawn shop and said, Mama, write this down. I don't have a pen. And I was walking around the track. And I'm telling you, every day I'm consumed with this. I'm excited about doing what God's called me to do. Now, I don't think you're, you're exactly going to be that crazy about it, but I'm telling you, you're going to like doing what God's called you to do. You're going to look forward to it. I mean, you're going to, in anything you can to learn to do that more, you're going to be excited about it. Amen. That's what's wrong with our country. Because we got church people that ain't excited about what they're doing. No wonder the world don't want what you have. It looks contagious. People walk around, supposed to be spiritual. You know them real fundamental types? It's against everything. I'm against everything too, but I'm happy about it. And they just walk around, and they think they're spiritual by looking miserable. I don't know what chapter that's in in the Bible. Man, let's look happy. I was in the Burger King drive-thru. <laughs> Getting the carb meal. Don't they have one? I think they have one. Yes, that's what I was getting, the grilled chicken salad. 
and it was it was in the morning, and I was coming through, and I was headed back to church, and uh, and I could tell in the in the in the 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 speaker, she wasn't having a real good day, cause she she was getting the order mixed up two or three times, and 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 I could tell when I got up to the window, I said, "Ma'am, how you doing?" Just with a smile that wide, looked like a possum eating glue. She she said, "Man, I just it's just." I said, it's going to be all right. It can only get better from here. Here we go. And just started. And you know what? She just got a smile. We need to be that way. We're Christians, man. We're going to heaven. This is temporary. I remember, I remember when I was working for the golf course. And I got a different job. And, and I knew it was going, going up a step higher. And, and I was only a short timer. And I was sitting there, I was happy because I was going to leave that place. I was going to go work in air conditioning. And them old boys that didn't have nothing better, they were just, and they'd look at me and I was just smiling. You know what? I knew I wasn't going to be there long. You know, too, of us, too many of us think we're here forever. Let's don't get so deep into this world we forget this is just a short time. Amen. Listen, when you sign up and you get involved in service, you get involved in this care ministry, you get involved in greeting others, you get involved in serving God in whatever capacity that may be, I'm telling you, it will be exciting. There will be an education that's unbelievable because we're going to train you and teach you how to do these things. We're not just going to throw you out to the wolves. We're going to help you and help develop you. There's going to be an excitement that's undeniable. But then see, you'll get an experience that's unforgettable you'll get an experience that's unforgettable. I'll never forget. I'll never forget in the care room back in the old building, Miss Marie coming, sitting 89 years old and trusting Christ as her personal Savior. Brother Chad, 89 years. You know what the odds are that, of that happening or not happening? 89 years old. Listen, I had the experience of, of, of uh, being able to, to see people saved had the experience. Man, I can, I'm telling you, I can go back and look at things that God has done in this place. I'll never forget. Listen, you can come and go back home. Come and go back home and fill your spiritual quota, but you'll never have experiences until you get involved. Oh, preacher, but I don't want to get involved in other people. I, I, man, it's all about people. Who do you think you're going to be with in heaven? People. People. Church, say amen. We don't have time for testimonies, but I guarantee you we could fill this building with pages of experiences that God has given us that we'll never, ever forget. Church, say amen. Lastly, what was number one? I'm recruiting you today because... Listen, not only is the battle raging, but look at number two. We see the, then last of all, write this down. I want you to see the banquet that's ready. The banquet that's ready. Anytime you come back, anytime you come back from service, from being deployed and serving your tour duty, I had the privilege, I had the privilege of, uh, of uh, being with Mr. McClure and, and his group uh, just a few months ago. 
just a few months ago as they were given their ribbons and their met. Man, I'm telling you, it tore me up. I was so excited to be there. Listen, I was just there to lead in prayer. But I, I, thought it was, I, I thought it was the biggest thing in the world. It was such a privilege to me to be around those men who had sacrificed and spent time and risked their lives so I could be up here doing this. Boys, they called their names out and they stepped across that stage proud. They were faithful. They were faithful. And every one of them was receiving their medals and their ribbons and, and the things that they were given. One day we're going to leave this world. And we're going to stand before our commander-in-chief. Paul said this. He said, I'm ready now to be offered. He said, I've fought a good fight. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. You know, Mr. McClure, those medals that, 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 that was given out that day, you know, one day they may rust. One day they may fade away. But those that you're going to receive from God will never, ever fade away. Boy, those men stood proud. And I did too. I had tears dripping off my face. One day, you're going to be rewarded for your service. It says in the book of Corinthians, every man according to his own work. What does that mean? You will be rewarded for what you do. And if you don't do anything, you're going to stand in line while everybody else receives their honor, receives their reward. What are the subs under that? Your faithfulness will be acknowledged. Faithfulness to fulfill your duty. You see, Paul said to Timothy, that which thou hast learned of me, commit thou to faithful men. Not educated, not successful. Faithful. You say, but I don't have anything. You can be faithful. Anybody can be faithful. And God will acknowledge your faithfulness. Not only that, but look here. Your fight will be awarded. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I fought a good fight. Henceforth, there's laid up for me. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything going to be laid up for you? Is there anything going to be laid up for you when you step before our commander-in-chief? Because it's coming. It says, one day when the chief shepherd shall appear, we shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. One day you will be, everything you do is going to be worth it. This is not something that, that we're just doing for the sake of doing. God is marking everything down. God keeps a record. There's a great song. God keeps a record. Every sacrifice you make, every tear that you shed, every sweat that comes off your face for the kingdom's sake, you will be recognized and awarded. Listen, I want you. Jesus needs you. We've got matter of fact two main ministries we, we've gone back and, and basically revamped everything and starting from the ground up and there's two main first impression ministries that I sure want y'all to get involved in we've got others periodically that we're going to focus on and get people involved in but anybody can shake somebody's hand anybody can brother Steve asked me 
Saturday, I guess it was, right before you left me by myself. He said, he said, preacher, what I got to do? I said, can you do this right here? Good morning. Welcome to Temple. Can you do that? He said, yeah, I can do that. He said, do I got to wear a tie all the time? I said, no, matter of fact, I don't want you to wear one. I don't want you to wear one. I got one on. I have mine on. You, you, just, you just wear what you wear. That way, that way, when somebody comes in and don't have one on, they'll see you and you'll feel all right. I used to not think that. But you know what? We, we need to be careful. Preacher, does that mean you're not going to wear a tie? No, no, I'll probably have my tie on. I feel like I'm streaking if I don't have my tie on. I, don't, I just got to have my tie on. I just like it. I mean, I just, I just feel like I need to do that. And, but you know what? There's other people that can come. You ain't got to wear no tie. But I need you to wear a smile. And just be willing to say, hey, man, we're glad you're here. Amen. We're glad you're here. You know what? Anybody can do that. God's fixing to do some great things in this place. Say, but oh, there's all kind of people signing up. We need more than one team. Because God's taking us to a place we're going to have more than one service. We're going to need a lot of people. You know what God's saying today? I want you. Say, I'm not good at I'm not good at that kind of thing, but 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 I want to do something. Well, you can help in the parking lot ministry. You can do this. All right, everybody, try it. See there? Try this. You don't know who we got here. I, man, we'll have people. That... I got hoodlums come here, man, I tell you. They get in what they doing, amen? My wife said, Lord, that's a haircut now this. Oh, Wait till I put on my striped suit. She'll really love me then, won't she? Church, let me, let's, just, let's just draw it all to a conclusion. This is what it all boils down to. When Jesus saved you, he gifted you. He gifted you. Now, let me say this. Everybody is not going to be gifted for that particular ministry. But I promise you, out of the seven we have, and we're going to have them listed, God's got something in you to use in one of them. Because I need you and you need me. How many of y'all enjoy coming here in the preaching? Come on, a little louder than that. Help me. I need all I can get y'all, amen. I lost my hair this week, amen. Now the point is, what if I wasn't here? Y'all would not be able to take part of the gift that God's given me. And you know what? When, when you're missing and not providing your gift, we're missing out on that. And your gift is just as important as my gift. We all need each other. How many of y'all believe that? In your questions, in your groups this week, y'all are going to discuss this one thing right here. Are you excited about doing what you're doing for God? And if not, why? Think about that question this week. You need to decide for yourself. Am I excited about what I'm doing? Then let's try it. We're going to have people in the back. 
Matter of fact, just look for the real soldier. They'll direct you where to go back there. They're going to be standing back there. And, and Brother Johnny and, and uh, Brother uh, Scott, I don't know where he's at, but he'll be back there somewhere. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do. If you'll be willing to sign up on one of them, we're going to have a card. Did they get that? Brother Dustin, did they get that? And we'll give you a card for the training time. So you'll know every step to take. When you sign up, what do I do next? Right here, you'll go and you'll receive the training. This is what you'll do. This is what, what you can accomplish. And I'm telling you, it'll change your life. But what if this is not what God... That's a good place to start. God can lead you to where he wants you by getting going in this area right here. So how do you know that? Because it's easier to steer a moving car. Are y'all with me? You try to steer that wheel, not going nowhere. But then you get that car rolling, then you steer. It's a whole lot easier. Church, say amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for...